Hallelujah, Christ is risen. I hope you are enjoying saying that as much as I am. And don't pay any attention to the stores that have after Easter sales. Pay no attention. It is still Easter. So enjoy every moment that you can. And that's, of course, the joy of having a liturgical calendar that we live by instead of a secular calendar. Honestly, I can't keep track of all these secular days. But having a church calendar over my lifetime has meant the joy of being able to focus on things that really sincerely make a difference in people's lives. For example, as you know, according to the Bible, because we're a Bible church, something very special happened on the 40th day. And we celebrated that this past Thursday, didn't we? So we know exactly what happened. He ascended into heaven. Now you and I are in a very awkward position today. You do understand that, right? Because all during Lent, and thus far in the Easter season, we have had a gospel that is in somewhat chronological sequence telling us exactly what was happening. So, do we have any words of Jesus after he ascended into heaven? Whoops. Well, of course, to you, and he speaks to us, there's no doubt about that. But as it relates to the Gospels, we now find ourselves in what could be considered a little bit of liturgical discomfort temporarily. And here it is. So, you were able to get your marching orders on Thursday night, weren't you? Go you therefore into the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. This is the next part that not everybody remembers. Keeping all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you, even unto the end of the ages. Well, you know it. You've said it before. It's been important to you. But those were the marching orders. So I need to check in with you. On the Sunday after the ascension, were the apostles out there living out the implications of that, you know, founding churches and talking to people and explaining? No, not really. In fact, what we know is they wound up going back to their comfort zone called the upper room. And you may say, how do we know they went back to the upper room? Well, you also know that we have 10 more days to this marvelous season, don't we? And we know exactly what the feast day is a week from this Sunday, don't we? That's right. It's the 50th day, and therefore it is called Pentecost. You will learn next Sunday, as I know you already know, that it took more than just the Lord's, Lord's, the Lord's words at the ascension to get them out of the upper room. And next Sunday, you're going to find out exactly what it took to get them out of the upper room so that they could begin to act upon the words that had been given to them. And 
One of the things that the church has been celebrating for numerous years, and it's oftentimes misunderstood, but what we are in is a period oftentimes called a novena, which means nothing other than nine days of prayer with the intention that something special is going to happen at the end. So this is the very first novena, if you will, because of the fact that you and I are waiting for something. What are we waiting for? Well, next week, when the Holy Spirit falls down upon the apostles and blows them out of the upper room, and they go out into the streets, and they begin to proclaim all that had taken place since the last time there was such a collection of people, namely Passover, these people who are hearing this for the first time are going to be caught off guard. So the question is, what happens during a period of waiting like this? Well, some people, when they wait, become really impatient, right? Some people don't like to wait. I, I know that because I occasionally go shopping. People don't like to wait. People want what they want when they want it. And so I'm sure that this must have been a difficult time for the apostles. And the reason I think it was difficult is because they knew he was coming again. So I can just see over-eager apostle number one going out the day after the ascension and looking up and said, I don't think he's coming back today. And I think a few days later, another apostle worked up enough nerve to go and look and you know, maybe he's not going to come back today. So suddenly, it's almost 10 days, and he hasn't returned. Now, the question is, did he ever say anything about the fact that he'd be returning in a particular space of time? No. But then again, you see, the people had already gotten accustomed to the fact that he had talked about dying and on the third day rising. So perhaps in their own minds, there was a certain timetable that was set up there. But do you know what makes a waiting period difficult for people when we're waiting for the Lord to come again? It means that we have to be ready all of the time. Ever thought about that? That means we have to be ready anytime. Now, some people will buy a billboard and they'll tell you the, you know, the date, the time, and so on. And that way you can put a check mark in your calendar if you want. But by and large, what really is happening here is we don't know when he's coming back, but we know that he is. And we need to be empowered so that when he does come back, we are ready. And the apostles on the Sunday after the ascension were not yet empowered for when it would be that they would be sent out to do the work that they were to do and to be ready to receive him. I think that many of you know that next Sunday, while it's called the Feast of Pentecost or occasionally with Sunday, is oftentimes called the birthday of the church. I've even been in churches where they have a birthday cake at the reception afterwards on Pentecost and sing, happy birthday church. 
Because that's really the day that the church was born, was on Pentecost. When the church was suddenly empowered to be able to do what God would have them do. Now, I need to tell you that I had a pretty special time today. Well, I mean, I have a lot of special times when I come here, I have to say. I mean, you get to see me probably more than you wish, you know? I'm here a lot. But what I really enjoyed was today I had a chance to sit down in catechesis with what I consider to be some incredible people, remarkable people. And what was so exciting for me was I had a chance to be able to hear questions, talk with people who had things that were on their mind, and for nobody to hold up a clock or a watch, where I could just spend time talking with people. Now, there's something very special about that, and I would like for you to think about that during your waiting period between now and next week. Wait upon the Lord this week. And I'll tell you why. If you wait with expectation, then I guarantee you when Pentecost comes, you will hear something. This is a good time for you to go to the Lord with something that's really on your heart and your mind. Lord, what should I be doing about this? This has been my heart and my mind. This has been troubling me, Lord. Oh, it's been very busy. What are we going to do next? Whatever the question may be. And to realize that when the Holy Spirit fell down upon the apostles and blew them out into the streets, that was God giving some answers. For the apostles, it was a little bit of a win. But it also made it clear that by the time that they were empowered, Jesus had not yet returned, and they had to get used to the fact that when he told them that they needed to do things in his name, that they had to do things in his name. During World War II, there is an incredible picture of a church that had been largely destroyed by enemy fire. And the large crucifix that was in there was burned badly. And one of the soldiers took the large crucifix and propped the crucifix up. The hands had been burned, the feet had been burned. The soldier wrote a very basic and simple note at the crucifix. I have ascended into heaven, and you are my hands, and you are my feet. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.